Welcome to the Edquarter Education Podcast. It's for everybody who works in the education sector and we're really pleased that you found us today. We will be discussing lots of topical issues on this podcast and interviewing some of the industry's educational leaders on how they manage and grow their education businesses. So stay tuned if any of this is relevant to you. We've got lots of exciting podcasts coming and we can't wait to share them with you all. So go onto iTunes now, Google Play or Android and hit subscribe and get a notification for new episodes because we do not want you to miss out. And we thought, what better way to kick off our podcast sessions than to discuss a topic that's been highly discussed throughout 2019 and continues to be the forefront of news due to Brexit. We will be discussing the top five challenges we face in higher education today. They're big and they're important, so stay tuned and let's kick off. So what is so interesting about the UK universities is that we have some of the best universities in the world. People are travelling from all over the globe to study in England and we are attracting students internationally and within the country. However, with the current climate and the economics, it is becoming a real challenge for us and we do have some major challenges in higher education. So we interviewed a senior panel of educational leaders to discuss these challenges and the findings were really incredible actually. I can't wait to share them with you all, but let me just go through who we spoke to first because there's some really, really influential people in there. We spoke to Emma Leach. Now she is the Director of Marketing and Advancement at Loughborough University, which is a very sought after university. It's extremely hard to get into and it's one that's very, very valued within the industry. So we're really, really pleased to speak to her. And we also spoke to Sophie Bailey. Now she is the founder of the EdTech podcast. Some of you may have seen her around before because we have worked with her for a very long time and we really value her opinion. We also spoke to Professor Steve West. Now, Professor Steve West is the Vice Chancellor and President of UWE in Bristol. Again, it is a big university and it's looking at facing with a lot of challenges, particularly because they have a lot of international students that come to them. Uh, the next person on the panel is Andrew Wilkinson. Now, he is the CEO for schools and universities in the UK and Ireland. So big it up for Andrew because he came to see us today and he um, had a lot to say about the challenges that we're facing, particularly around Brexit. And then we had Michelle Stewart. Now, she is the vice president of the European Association for International Education. So she really is representing how we stand on a global scale because... The challenges that we face to some extent are global, but a lot of it is to do with our economic climate as well. So it's really interesting to hear from her today. Number one is the challenges that we face around student recruitment, particularly in higher education. Now, actually, this does apply to all of the sectors, primary, secondary, independent schools, but obviously for today it is particularly the higher education and there is a predicted decline in the students coming internationally in 2019-20 academic year because of what's going on in our economy and, and the way that our market is changing. So this was a really interesting one to discuss and what we're seeing is that Due to the prediction, all of the other countries in the globe, 
they are upping their game. They know that we are in a tight squeeze at the moment, so there's more and more competition from across the markets. So in the UK, we definitely do have to act to ramp up our marketing in the sector. And in practical terms, um, you know, ultimately universities, they will continue to look at international markets and how to grow the postgraduate numbers. However, what we need to do in the UK is we need to focus on our core strengths and we need to not be talking necessarily about the climate around us. So looking at focusing on the quality and the quality of the student experience, the quality of the education, the quality of where the students are staying, what's on offer in the city in question and all of those factors need to be really focused on and working really hard to maintain an authentic and personalised approach so um, that we can stand out. Um, a, a good example here was discussed around when people go to um, a school and it's because it's the best school for a particular subject versus actually saying no but if you come here we will give you um, a personalised level of um, getting to know the country, getting to know the language, support when you're there, um, all, all of those extra things that you can give to a student and their well-being which will actually help tick boxes and give them the confidence to take the leap because we do have to remember that they are coming from abroad. The recent statistics from ORD, which is the Higher Education Estates Management Report, um, you can download it from our website. I will put a link to it at the bottom where I can. Um, but it showed the UK student numbers to be marginally up year on year. And it said that basically the recruitment is becoming far more competitive because students expect a more tailored experience and of course are far more discerning about value for money and flexibility you know we are entering the me generation we are no longer in the millennial generation the me generation for those of you that don't already know is all about what's in it for me the youngsters of today are growing up to say I'm, I can stand for something, I'm worth something and I'm not just going to do it because I think it's the right thing to do. I want to know what you will give me in return for being a customer of yours and coming to study at your institution, you know. This isn't something you have to do anymore, it's a choice. We can't just go to the traditional channels anymore. We need to go where the students are and where they're most active and the people playing best in the game and the people that are recruiting the best and the most students are showing themselves in places where students are hanging out such as Instagram so if you haven't already looked at it go and look at it I think we should do a dedicated episode of the podcast just about Instagram and how to market to students on there because it's really in-depth um, but this is one of the challenges with student recruitment and it's all to do really with the channels that we use to talk to, to potential students on so we also do actually see an increase in student applications thanks partly to a commitment to practice-based study. So focus on developing enterprise skills and pathways and our track record for delivering a high quality experience and great outcomes for students using practical practice-based study. So we will continue to focus on delivering high quality provision that meets student and employer needs. With the growing competition for students and this whole concept of offering a great campus experience, you know, that is where people are winning. And if you aren't doing it already, you do need to have a strategy around the campus experience and what's in there for the student. As I said, it's the me generation. So universities across the UK that are doing well at this are working harder than ever to bring partners in to deliver student-focused services. So they understand that they can't do it all themselves in the house. You know, as a university, you need to focus hard on the operational side and the educational side. So giving those extra experiences 
are easier to um, employ and get a contractor in that already specialises in this and has a database of other young people that they can use and has experience on the right channels to reach students, so Instagram, etc. An example of this might be the food that you serve in the campuses. It might be any pop-up events for socialising. Um, it could be in relation to music. It could be in relation to classes where people study just to learn to be better at being a student and getting more out of their course and um, all of these sort of support services if you like um, potentially should be contracted out and it's something that we're seeing over and over again with all of the people that we're speaking to and it's advice that really you should be taking on board because you can't be a master at everything and it's good to recognize that. Another good example of somebody doing it really, really well when it comes to student experience is actually Coventry University. Now, what they have done is completely reinvented their dining experience. It's very modern, it's very high tech, it's integrated, it's digitally um, connected so that you can work there, charge your laptops, phones there, and also hang out at the same time. But it's got a unique food offering. They do a lot of almost street food style, which goes with the generation. And they offer a lot of different diets to people. So they recognize the trends of veganism. They recognize that people are trying raw food, that they're more conscious of their health, that the gym is now kicked in, and people want to stay fit and healthy. They're not just serving any old food. and. This level of offering appeals to young people because it is essentially their everyday life for three or four years. As part of this challenge then for student recruitment, we need to look at the trend for unconditional places. Um, it is actually continuing and we need to look at the impact of this on both universities and students during university and post-university as the students enter the job market. So. Um, there is definitely a turning tide for this. There's pushback from the government and from schools on this issue. So Loughborough University has a good example of a strong public stance on this issue. So they don't do it and they don't believe in it. And they feel that it's very unfair and damaging for students. So those with unconditional offers are actually more likely to miss their predicted grades. And that impacts on confidence and doesn't push them to be the best that they can be. The job market is also moving away from university degree certificates, so it's not the be all and end all now. Employers actually want a greater record of skill, set achievement and consistency. So in this sense, as the job market is looking beyond degree grades, universities actually up the chain need to look at A-level grades. Number two, the challenge number two, okay, it's a big one, it's very topical and it is Brexit. So as we know, Boris Johnson is now our Prime Minister and the Brexit effect on higher education has been kicked in now for a good year. It's been a topic we've been discussing thoroughly and it will continue to be very topical as we see the changes for Brexit and the deal that actually comes out. Essentially, we need to wait until the economy settles a little bit. People are holding out and they're not sure if they will travel and if they will study in the UK due to potentially higher living costs and a bigger investment in your education if you are coming from abroad. There are other countries with a stable economy where you can pay to study, you know how much it's going to cost and you know the um, student experience that you're going to expect. So we are up against that. It is well publicised all over the globe, um, not just in the UK. So, so we need to be aware that this is something that international students are looking at every single day. 
Um, one of the biggest issues here is around actually visas. So there's an ongoing dialogue with the government around immigration and it doesn't really present to us very favourably. So if you are an international student, getting that visa is going to be a lot harder, which means that we need to be even more persuasive that our universities are the best to study in and they're, gonna, they're not just going to come for the certificate, they're going to come for the cultural experience, the advancing of their English skills and the well-being aspects that we can also promote. The devaluation of the pound is one of the things having a big impact here for students. So if you're a student, you're outside the European Union, you need your money to go far for you, particularly because you're not actually earning money while you're a student. And the pound, even yesterday, plummeted again, which is a real worry because it means that only the more wealthy students are going to be able to afford to come to the pond and study. So tracking and talking about Brexit politics and announcement is something that you need to do in your university if you're not doing it already. Assign somebody to be the Brexit champion and make sure they stay on top of it because it will impact your international student numbers. If the pound continues to drop and the economy still remains unstable, parents advising children of where to go are going to look at other countries. Countries such as Australia, Canada and the US are really and truly going to be our main competition right now because their economies are looking much more stable, the conversion rates tend to stay the same so budgeting and planning forwards is going to be a lot easier. So when you are looking at potential competitors in the university market these are, these are the main countries which we are up against at the minute. Next we discussed how these economic challenges and Brexit actually impacts the the non-international students, so, so children that are already growing up living in the UK and they have UK residency. So the best university probably in the west of England for this is the UW in Bristol. Now they take on thousands and thousands of students every year. It's a great city to compare to because it's actually got a very strong economy. It's an open and diverse city. It's got a lot to attract a student it's got a really really high level of well-being for people because there's a lot to do and there's a lot to do for free so regardless of the economy people will always be attracted to this university it's it's really hard to get into because so many people want to go there and they can pick and choose their students and ultimately the leaders at this university have a strategy in place to focus on protecting themselves from Brexit. So they have a local partnership with the local councils and the NHS and it's all about um, maintaining a safe environment and being best placed to respond to whatever situation emerges so that whatever happens in the economy the students are protected, looked after etc. They also actually work very closely with businesses across the region and they recognise that they need stability and certainty. If they can fill up their internal UK student spaces and they know that they can maintain their level of operation and finance from that sector, it will enable them then to put more into their international recruitment as well. The biggest downside of Brexit for students essentially is that because the economy is weak and it's going down, our costs of operation go up 
and therefore the studying costs go up. So whether you are a UK student or you're an international student, your cost of studying due to Brexit is likely to increase. So it's how we then cope with that as a business. So do we create a student package that is just so value packed and with a high perceived value that a student doesn't care? Or do we try and strip back on what we offer as students so that we can keep our overall costs cheaper, but then risk not attracting them because other people might offer more facilities? So you need to decide as an in, in educational institution which strategy you're going to go to. You do need to have a strategy. You cannot sit still and just hope for the best because Brexit is impacting study. So you need to come up with the one that suits you best. If you're not sure and you want to discuss this, I'm going to throw it out there. I want you to go to the private LinkedIn members group. It's called Higher Education, The Conversation. I want you to join and ask your questions in there because we've got some phenomenally senior educational leaders in that group and they will openly discuss any questions or concerns that you have. So if you are unsure at this stage, please, please do go there. It's, it's a great community. And number three is all about the fee challenges in higher education. So we know ultimately that even if you are a cheaper university, your fees are a lot and it does impact student well-being. As a youngster, you're particularly influenced by those around you. You know, you want to be seen to be doing well and you want to look at where you're going to progress into the future so going to university can often feel like you've already succeeded and that you've got a good stance in life however some students they do not come from families that can support the cost of education and they have to take on quite substantial loans which can cause a lot of stress and affect the way that they study. As a responsible university, it is definitely better that you have a portfolio of planning and development and that you look at how you can mar marginalise all of your costs because you do want to be giving that value to a student. You do want to be offering those extra services. However, we need to find a way to keep it cheaper to study particularly as i mentioned before you know with all of the other options out there now for studying and having a career without going to university that will seem more appealing to have you know a three four thousand pound payment versus a 20 grand payment over a three-year period so we are we are up against it this year as educational leaders we're also seeing some of the services that we offer to students, such as the support of mental health services within the university, which is funded by the university. They are normally private or they're contracted in, but students are making more and more use of these services, which means more costs for us. But it also highlights to us that um, the problems that students are suffering with, because albeit confidential, we do anonymously know the types of topics that get raised in these sorts of forums. We don't want UK universities to freefall into the student debt experiences that have happened already in the USA. So I know that we have mentioned in our article online, which I will also link to below, it's all obviously about the challenges in higher education that we're facing, where we spoke to Brian McDonald, he's the Director of Residential Education in LA, and he did a podcast with Sophie all about the fee review. And he likened it a little bit to the ICO and GDPR situation. So universities, they're not entirely sure of all the, the details yet with these fee reviews. 
And it may be that some of the costs of some courses go down. However, the likelihood is some will also go up. So it's interesting to see how universities protect these um, less vacational degrees whilst remaining within the realms of affordability and especially as we see ever increasing production values on online learning courses and even freelancers now starting to teach from their own experiences and doing it at the fraction of a cost. Um, it may not be a recognised certificate but the skill set is being taught and, and we really need to look at how we respond to that as an institution. Andrew Wilkinson is one of the people that we consulted you know he is the CEO for schools and universities in the UK. One of his studies has got a clear indication of loneliness so 60% of UK students are avoiding going out and socialising to save money and whilst we might look at this from the onset and we might say do you know what they're learning how to budget they're learning how to manage money this is a good thing um, a student is away from their family we must not forget that and it's so important that they become well socialized to set them up for their future lives we are hindering them if they're in a situation where they can't actually enjoy their time at university they might not also have happier memories and we need to really think about how we are impacting a student based on the cost that we are charging them I am really pleased, however, to reveal that student accommodation across the business and across the board seems to be increasingly focused on support for students and actually having extra services there, having them well decked out, good technology, um, and in locations that students can find affordable. So, you know, universities generally are recognising how important it is to help a student feel settled. If you're not in one of those universities and you feel that you are not leading in this topic please again um, ask questions on twitter go to at ub underscore uk and and ask us who you can talk to and what topics you want to be discussed in the next episode and we will address those also that brings us really nicely on to number four love talking about this subject it's all about student expectations so we talk about the me generation and there's lots of studies that have come out about the me generation if you haven't read up about the me generation yet please go and google it download a report and and see what it says in there about how people think it's very interesting um, but student expectations in higher education is a lot larger than it was 20 years ago or even 10 or 5 years ago so they expect luxury accommodation and they will pick and choose universities now because there's so many out there with really good accommodation and they've got the latest tech and they think I'm going to be completely connected the whole way through university it's going to save me a lot of money because I don't want to have a tariff for this worry about not having wi-fi etc etc so all of that is on the radar as is student value for money so what you will give to the student you will give them a certificate yes what other skills will you give them and what other free courses can they enroll in that will enhance their well-being or their life skills going forward is it financial study is it about budgeting with life is it about how to cope with stressful situations and well-being and student attitudes have shifted over the last five years and you as a university institution and higher education authority need to recognize this and need to change your offering to suit your customer. A really interesting example actually of student expectations is to look at um, Chinese international students. Now uh, there's a particular student that we looked at, um, Geiko, they were studying a national higher education entrance examination and what you have to remember is that 
Um, it's been their blood, sweat and tears for their entire learning years to date. And university is, they are going there to set themselves up for life and to keep them on their ultimate trajectory that has been set by their family. So they have goals which they must reach to support their wider network at home. A lot of UK students don't have that level of pressure on them. And studying, not studying is ultimately their choice. But for some international students, uh, there's more to it that we need to recognise that actually they are, it's very serious, they are supporting the family around them. Now on the flip side of that, you've Loughborough University, they focus a lot of their marketing on value for money and transparency. So they try and rather than spend money on marketing, what they try to do is tell the students, we're not going to do crazy marketing to you, but we're going to use that money and spend it directly on you. It's completely a given now that undergraduate university students are expecting that your university will be digitally signed up, it will be completely integrated and that they will have access to all of the latest high-tech devices and tools and that they will be learning from them. They will expect this now and they will expect easy access and they will expect it for free. So if you are not yet technically set up in your university, this needs to be a priority for you actually because if the fees change, if Brexit turns out to be more impactful than you thought it would be, you need to ensure that you've got other things that you can offer them. And with everybody online now, uh, this is a real key pillar for you. So if you haven't yet already set yourselves up or you don't know how, please go onto our private LinkedIn group, join, it's called Higher Education The Conversation and ask your questions. There are so many experts in there that have done this already. Um, plus we are there as well to answer all of your questions and the last challenge in higher education is all about all of the alternatives on offer there today we've touched on it already and it is growing so you've got platforms such as teachable you've got platforms such as udemy you've got experts all over the globe and they are all selling knowledge and not only that it's cheap People can learn an entire profession now away from a university and it never used to be the case and we as a university need to respond to that. So ultimately a bachelor's degree or a diploma is the, the creme de la creme of education. It's the, your number one bit of certi certification that you can get as a student and for those that are studying doctorates. Um, those that are studying particular fields such as science, maths, English language, you know, you may well find that university remains the strongest route for you. However, for alternative education, alternative subjects, non-academic subjects, um, even things such as marketing, digital marketing, business, there's so many other options out there now that are cheaper that you as a university need to think, how do I create my point of difference? How do I attract a student to spend a huge amount of money when there's so many alternatives out there now? And that is why we continue to focus on the experience for the student because, because many students have not left home and the downside of these alternative educations is you, you remain at home, your social life doesn't necessarily change as a result of it, the, the circles that you mix in doesn't necessarily change, you will still probably hang around with the people that you grew up with and you as a human being might actually want to meet more like-minded individuals and you know meet just new people, fresh people, so there's lots to play on um, but we cannot just assume that by having an amazing course that that will be enough anymore, we need to 
sell the lifestyle and sell our offering as a place to grow and develop your own well-being and life and skill set there. That concludes our five key challenges in higher education for 2019. Now, as we get more challenges, we will probably introduce more episodes or if you've got particular topics that you want more detail in, again, let's do an episode on it. Let's interview some people. Let's discuss it um, and get them live on the phone this time. So that brings our first episode to a close and thank you all for taking the time to listen. And we've got so many more upcoming interviews with some very authoritative figures in education and we can't wait to reveal who those people are. Uh, so please, please go onto iTunes now, go onto Google Play or Android and hit subscribe so you get a notification with our new episodes. This is one of the industry's leading podcasts on at the education sector, so you will be missing out if you don't do that. See you next time from all of us at EdQuarter. Thank you for listening. Plus, if you have any direct questions for us or you want to um, request an episode, please go onto our Twitter at UB underscore UK or join our private member-only LinkedIn group. It's called The Higher Education, The Conversation, where you can network with other industry leaders and discuss topics for advice and guidance with our guest speakers.